0: Thanks for your time this morning, Minister.
1: Thank you very much, Sakina, and thanks to your listeners. Thanks for having me.
0: So, what would you say are the most salient challenges that we are faced with right now regarding climate change?
1: We actually say in the report that was tabled by the experts, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, it says that between the year 2000 and 2010, there's been a faster increase of the uh, carbon emissions in the space worldwide. And that then says to you that with us as developing countries still requiring space to develop, because we shouldn't stop development because there is a carbon, uh, carbon emissions. That then says to us that there is a big challenge of ensuring that once we grow our economies, to feed our people, To ensure that there's water food security and all that goes with it at the same time we've got to cut these carbon emissions and that for us is actually one of the greatest challenges that is facing us because indeed we've got to always continue to grow but in a manner that doesn't grow these emissions that then says to you that we have to find new technologies new ways of doing things in other words, look at areas like agriculture for instance where you have to use water where you have to have we require production of food where we actually also have infrastructure growth you know those infrastructure that's related to energy for instance you need water you need to grow and therefore you need technologies in other ways so that you don't have things like you you know the spray old way of spraying using agricultural production old ways of using crops and so forth that are actually also not just being kind to the soil and so forth. So all those issues that are related to development must continue to be balanced with the low emissions. So that's why we're saying we need a low carbon growth. And to maintain that, that's the biggest, biggest challenge. The funds are not there as well. We need 100 billion US dollars by the year 2020 for the developing countries like us to actually continue on that program. And therefore, that 100 billion U.S. dollars must come from the developed countries as pledges, as contributions, because indeed they were able to grow their economies much faster years ago, leading us to where we are right now, where the world is facing this big challenge of climate change. And therefore, it's not just that we're not saying it's a punishment, but it's a contribution and it's an obligation for all the whole world to actually reach equity because we require an equitable world as we have passed this notion in the sustainable development goals as well. So, Sakina, those are the things, the issues that we are facing. And as we negotiate, we negotiate from the point of view of being developed countries that are never going to actually say at some stage that we give up our development rights.
0: So what can ordinary citizens do to assist in this regard? How do people go about living a green life?
1: Oh, yes, definitely, Sakina. You know, that's a very, very good question. Every human being, every one of us has a carbon footprint. Look at my carbon footprint. Do I just get to a tap and open up water just for the water to leak like that? Do I just get into my house and put on all the lines of uh, even outside you know just if we can each and every one of us this do this little bit ensure that you don't pollute the waters because if you do that they're going to have to be cleaned using energy energy that's created through other means where we actually sometimes use fossil fuels, sometimes we use renewables, because we have already developed renewables in the country. So those little things, if each and every one of us can do, just imagine on Earth a day where South Africa and the whole world just switches off for an hour, energy. Then we save so much of energy that we can still continue to use for months to come. So those little actions each and every one of us must actually get into to cut your carbon uh, carbon free, uh, footprint and therefore where you have finding yourself having put to put poison on land and so forth even by the way land actually carries the carbon and that's the most dangerous one because it, even if you throw you know the cow dung and everywhere else it actually has methane that is carried in there let's not do all those things let's dispose of whatever is waste that carries methane that's a, a gas like that one, which is quite inflammable, by the way.
0: Let's mm-hmm.
1: actually also take care of all those things, each and
0: every one of us. Thank you so very much, uh, Environmental Affairs Minister Edna Mulewa. Meanwhile, farmers already uh, feeling the pinch as drought also threatens levels of uh, produce that farmers can currently produce in order to continue feeding the nation. And for more on this, we join on the line by the President of AgriSA, Johannes Muller. Thank you so much for speaking to us this morning.
2: Thank you. Good morning.
0: So, as we speak this morning, what are the major challenges that the farming sector is currently facing regarding climate change and the drought that is currently gripping the country?
2: Yes, you know, of course we have to prepare for climate change, but that's more in the, in the longer run. Uh, currently we have, uh, over the short term, uh, a big challenge in terms of the drought. Uh, we, we're facing an, an under-average uh, wheat crop we are also facing problems. We, we've had an under-average may last year, the, the past season, and now we're facing this, uh, this drought that's impacting, on, especially, as I said, on the wheat industry, the maize industry, the sugar industry, and eventually on the red meat industry. So it's really a, a serious challenge, and I think one that, that we will have to, uh, to have government support for to overcome this year.
0: Uh, Listening to what uh, Minister Edna Molewa was saying there, um, have farmers actually gone over to considering newer, more innovative ways of farming in response to these climate issues?
2: Oh yes, oh yes. I think South African farmers are at the forefront of technology in in terms of minimum tillage and and all that kind of stuff, uh, using satellite navigation systems to to optimize production. uh, Using you know even even in terms of water usage, we're one of the, the uh, countries in the world that uses, that employs the, the best technology there is. Of course, you know, uh, normally it's Israel that's the, the leading country in terms of water conservation in, uh, in irrigation, but uh, South Africa isn't, isn't doing too bad either. We are, we are w- w- way uh, up in terms of using technology in agriculture and, and it's a continuous process.